0: you finding me each week. Well, since fall's finally gotten here, in the worst summer I've been through, at least in this part of the country, I'm down in central, almost southern Texas. So let's talk about some of the best fall garden plants for, well, the Zone 8. I'm in Texas, but it fits basically Zone 8's A and B, so you can at least find yourself there. And you can adjust it accordingly. Once you find what zone you're in there's some alterations of days and times it's very easy to figure out so you can use this information the same wherever you are you just may have to bring it up or down 10 days 20 days one way or the other to to kind of match uh what what the weather should be at the time that being said not all plants are suited to all cooler temperatures so i've tried to put together a list of the best fall annuals fall herbs and vegetables and fall blooming perennials for your garden So finally, it's time to start fall gardening. Let's begin with the best annual fall garden plants. Now, those of you that have listened to me know I don't grow a lot of flowers per se. I always grow things I think I can eat most of the time, but there are some beautiful flowers. First, I love nature's flowers, but I'm gonna name a few that grow pretty well this time of year. They're especially good for early fall planting. They start an all-time favorite of mine, even since I was a kid, and that's wagons. These tall, colorful stalks of flowers are actually considered tender perennials in most places. So if we have a super mild winter, they make it through until next spring. If we experience wintry weather, an insulated frost blanket, we call them, will protect them just fine, especially in my area zone 8. We love the Vibrant Array and they are beautiful fall flowers. They complement the warm fall foliage, so pretty. They go in with the leaves that have fallen. They're just like, uh, incidentally, this time of year, total hummingbird magnets. Another great plant to grow in the fall if you have a little bit more water than we do or you're just willing to regularly water is Lobelia. If you, I'm I just love the the colors of them, the tones of them. You gotta plant some lobelia. The deep indigo blossoms are really, really worth an extra look and very easy to grow. Can be grown in containers, rock gardens, either along border or little swampy areas you've got. This guy is hardy and will go right through the winter. Problem is, of course, it does require a little bit more water than some of the plants we normally plant, at least here where I am in Central Texas. Next on my list, as far as flowers go, are pansies. For a flowering annual that is just really, really super low maintenance, literally, you don't have to go any further for these beautiful, new, bright plants. They've go, they've hybridized them out. they're actually gorgeous. There's nothing prettier than a mass planting of pansies in the winter. Pansies come in so doggone many different colors now. I can't even tell you where to begin. There used to be pretty limited colors 30 years ago, now every color of the rainbow. Another beautiful plant that's not always considered is a sweet peas. You can either transplant them directly into the ground from, from sprouts or direct seed them for early spring bloom. Their seeds are pretty hard, so you might want to scarify, they call it. Scratch them, a little bit of sandpaper or a fingernail file will do it for you. And then uh, soak them from a little bit of water and it it helps them to come up a little quicker. The the aroma of sweet peas is, is, it's hard to explain. It's intoxicating. I recommend cutting a few early in the morning after their flowers have opened, but the sun hasn't yet dried them out. Pop them in some vases around the house, and their delicate scent will be really, really nice for a whole day or two within your home. Now let's talk about a few blooming perennials. The previous ones were all annuals. Perennials provide some benefits that annuals don't. They're constantly regrowing, and that allows for less labor in the garden for the years to come. So if you have some fall favorites that you don't mind seeing year after year, it's definitely worth planting some. Here's just a couple or three of, a, of, of some of my favorites. Again, I'm not, I've not. i gotten away from growing flowers. When I was young, that's all my mother wanted me to grow to help her. That's how I got into gardening. Now I still am more of a food to eat grower, and we'll talk about that after we talk about some of these beautiful flowers. To begin with plumbagos, blue plumbagos. They're drought-tolerant flowers, and they really do put on a show, transitioning from blue to a deep violet, depending on the part of the season you're in. So as long as they get, well, probably full sun's best at at least six hours a day, these gorgeous fall bloomers are super low maintenance and easy to please and come back year after year. And I'm not sure it's fall if I don't see chrysanthemums around somewhere. They're sort of the quintessential fall-blooming flower. With so many varieties to choose from, you'll never grow tired of this. It's actually an autumn staple in a good part of our country. Full sun, regular watering, and occasional deadheading, if you know what that is, and I'm sure you do, will help keep these guys going, looking fresh as ever, all through the fall and into the winter months. And if you've been a long time listening to me, now you're getting to the part I really love. If you haven't started edible gardening yet, seriously, why not? Now is the perfect time to grow all kinds of different tasty vegetables and herbs, and there's nothing more satisfying than eating a meal made from the ingredients you went out in your yard or in your little garden and picked yourself. The cold winter months often have us reaching for heavy comfort foods, But just one bite of fresh garden-grown produce can have some impressive, I want to call them restorative, uh, powers, including, of course, immune-boosting nutrients that's really good for you during those winter months. At the top of the list, at least for me, is broccoli. This veggie is really super cold-hardy. So you should be able to grow it basically all winter long unless you're way up in zone 5 or so. If we happen to have an unexpected cold spell and some frost hits, just toss a little blanket on top of them uh, and, and your broccoli will stay overnight so it doesn't sustain too much damage and it still will regrow. Buying a starter plant will save you tons of waiting time. So you can get started on cooking on some tasty broccoli or broccoli cheese or beef and broccoli in just a few weeks after you plant them. Even if you're not a huge salad eater, there are so many things you can make with lettuce greens. Blend them into smoothies or cook them up some spinach and make a pan of uh, a scan carpita or whatever you wanna do and you've got an instant vitamin boost that will give you quote unquote, Popeye levels of energy. Lettuce greens keep growing continuously, so you can graze on them throughout the season if you take care of them. You can grow them in your garden bed, but you can also pop them into containers. That gives you the ability, if it's really gonna have a bad day or night, you can just move them in for a day or so. They'll grow fine in containers. And if you're an impatient gardener, or you've got kids, consider radishes. They mature so quickly, sometimes within less than a month. So you can keep planting and replanting over and over again. They add a quick kind of spicy kick to salads, and they're pretty delicious when you just pickle them. I love them pickled. Most people don't do that. This is cool here. Pickled radishes and fried chicken are like a, well, for me, being a southern boar, a match made in heaven. And a kitchen staple for me, especially in the winter, uh, if you're a cook, which I spend more time at than I should, is cilantro. This culinary herb tends to bolt in hot weather so growing it during the cooler months is the best idea. It develops pretty quickly and its uh, spilling habit makes it a pretty addition along the edges of a sidewalk or even in some sort of a container arrangement and yet it's still very very usable in your kitchen. Everybody I think is already doing this but I'll say it in a rosemary Rosemary is really, really a hearty perennial. It has a spice that's just so, so cool. So a little cold weather doesn't even bother it. There's an endless list of recipes that require rosemary, so you'll never run out of a way to use it. If you want to experiment with something a little different than what I call standard rosemary, potatoes and roast chicken, try making a sweet rosemary glaze, which I have done uh, for your baked goods. You'll be surprised what a pleasant difference it is. That fragrant, kind of salty-sweet combo is irresistible on some of your baked goods. And finally, for this part of the show, let's actually talk about my, I hate to use the word, most stable and overused herb that I use, and it's garlic. It's time to put garlic in, folks. It really is. It sounds wrong, but if you get it in now, you're going to have it earlier in the year next year. Mine grew... I forget which varietal I had this year. My my garlic by April was as big as a baseball. And it was beautiful. But I started it earlier than I ever did usually. I usually wait to November or December. You can go ahead and, and get garlic in the ground, at least in Zone 8, Zone 7, anywhere in that area. And it'll do well all winter long and be giving you garlic all through the spring. And if you even store it properly into the summer. In addition to garlic of course don't forget the other alliums leeks great onions great and my favorite when you grow them yourself even though i don't mind buying them they they are expensive are shallots and shallots are very very easy to grow if you get them in this time of the year they they are low maintenance They're not really picky about the kind of soil you put them in, and they are really, in essence, nothing but a very mild but very flavorful onion. I do want to mention here something that you should think about unless your garden's already been really well tended all through the summer. Get some compost. You gotta get it really finished compost now. You can't use some of this mulch that hasn't broken down yet. But go either buy or if you've been really on the ball, been making your compost all summer, it's time to work it into the top five or six inches. Just scrape it in. I'm not big on on plowing and all that. I, I surface plant most everything. But you still, that top two or three inches of compost helps to retain moisture. It, it is a slow-release nutrient for your plants and is somewhat protective uh, in the winter uh, for your roots uh, if, unless you get a really, really severe freeze. So consider, I happen to use stuff that I make here at home, I have uh, compost buckets that I go all year and then I throw them into a garden area, turn them over just once or twice during the summer. If you haven't done that, start considering it. Remember anything you eat, literally, is also something you should compost. You don't have to have a lot of area. You can have a compost bin if you are if you're limited on the, the area you can work with and still do two things. First, you're not throwing it into the garbage dump. Number one. Number two, it's in essence what I would call free energy. It's it's free feed for whatever you're gonna grow. There's not very many things that that don't require a good compost. My exception, since I do live in the dry southwest to some degree, Texas. Uh, some of the cactus don't do well, uh, don't necessarily need that kind of a compost. They need more of an uh, uh, area, like more rock, less organic material. But as a rule, there's nothing that won't benefit from a good covering of real well finished. Compost. And if you want to put on top of that now, not mixed into the soil, on top of that compost after you plant, yes, you can put some mulches. Mulches help to to also retain moisture and slowly break down. But it's a mistake, folks, to take unfinished mulch and then mix it into your soil in the ground because before it breaks down, it steals nitrogen rather than makes it. So just consider that. You got to do real, real composting material. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Maps.